Ladies and gentlemen, it is Sunday, September 20th, and this is the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast, where we talk about business, the housing industry, and entertainment in general. My name is Thaddeus Claus, and I've been working on houses for the last five years in different capacities, and today I'm super excited to be talking with Steve Cameron, one of the co-founders of Builder Digital Solutions, and who also happens to be my uncle, so I'm going to have a little bit of a different perspective on some of the things that he's done in his life, but I also have a lot of questions because I don't know a lot about his business and uh, just kind of the previous history with some of the stuff that he's done. So I'm really excited. Welcome to my show. I appreciate the invitation. Looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Um, So jumping right in, kind of like I said, is um, I know that you had a landscaping business before before you were with Builder Digital Solutions. So I kind of just wanted to go backwards though. What were you doing? leading up to this let's just go as far back as you want as far as and we'll start there okay well I've always been an entrepreneur I've always wanted to be in business for myself and so um, before landscaping I was actually I owned a sports business uh, with an old friend of mine and I did sports youth sports and so when I got out of youth sports I I got into um, the landscaping of course uh, in, in, in between those, I've had a couple different jobs uh, here and there, but I always wanted to work for myself. And so um, uh, the opportunity came available for me to get into landscaping where I was able to uh, uh, do the landscaping here for our HOA. And it was a big job, a uh, big task, but um, uh, it allowed me to do it myself uh, with a small staff. And so that worked out really well for about nine years. I did landscaping and uh, had a great time doing that. Love being outdoors. Um, and during that same time period, I was doing the, uh, it used to be called new home watch. And so I was doing that as well, uh, on the side, just getting it started. And uh, new home watch was all about taking pictures for realtors at the beginning, uh, taking pictures of the homes that they sell new homes. And, uh, it was just a way to get into the market. And, um, so it all started with realtors at that time. And I was just driving all over the Valley, um, taking pictures of homes one at a time. Uh, and then the opportunity came available for us to um, uh, purchase uh, Builder Digital Solutions, and uh, we were able to get that back. And once we got it back, um, we've been rock and rolling ever since then. Nice. So what does Builder Digital Solutions do exactly? Uh, our key function is that we photograph homes from our, our motto is from foundation to finish. And so what we'll do is we'll visit construction sites for builders and we'll photograph every single one of their homes from start to finish. Uh, Each week we visit the homes um, to get every single stage of construction photographed for them. And they use it for many different aspects, uh, whether it be warranty, whether it be customer care, um, end user, which is the buyer. The buyer gets to see all the pictures that we take, uh, but the builders use our pictures for many other functions besides just uh, the viewing pleasure of the buyer. They'll use it for sales and marketing as well. If the homes are available for sale, they'll use our they'll use our pictures to help sell those homes as well. Okay. And was that formerly New Home Watch, and that was then rebranded or restructured out into Builder Digital Solutions? Or that's correct. What happened back in uh, we started this whole pro, uh, program back in 1993, um, and uh, uh, a relative of ours. Uh, you, owned a company called Auto Watch. Auto Watch was taking pictures um, of cars as they're being fixed um, whenever they're uh, damaged in a car accident or whatever. Um, Auto Watch was all about taking the pictures 
during the different stages of rebuilding the car. Um, that was uh, an uncle in our family that owned that business, and uh, he, uh, he encouraged me to figure out something in the market uh, that I could take pictures of that would um, uh, draw attention, and um, that would be, you know, I came up with the idea of uh, home photography because we live in Arizona, and Arizona building is a big key industry out here, and so uh, that's why I got the idea of starting to shoot pictures um, for realtors um, throughout Arizona. And um, I started that in 1993, and I did that. I, I've done that the whole time. And then so about um, 2007, um, the industry crashed, home building industry crashed. And um, we had built it up, pretty good clientele, even had some builders in there doing it. Um, and so the business had grown, and that was all in a new home watch. And uh, what happened at the time is the, the company was sold. Um, it was sold to a larger conglomerate. And uh, they were just doing it on the side, but I was still, I was working for this big company uh, just on the side while I was even do, still doing landscaping. And um, uh, so it was small, a couple different builders, nothing major, um, but we kept, it, we kept the company alive. And uh, again, it was owned by a subsidiary, it was owned by a large company. And, um, uh, and in 2016, uh, once I no longer was doing landscaping, we decided to buy it back from that company. Uh, that purchased us back in 2008 or 2009. They purchased the company. We bought it back in 2016. Nice. So what have you expanded it from since you've bought it back? And what have you been able to kind of grow it with or even just with kind of more of the control on uh, the business in general? Sure. When we, got, when we got the opportunity to buy the business back, we were pretty much buying the concept because... At the time, um, we pretty much had to rebrand. It went from new home watch to builder digital solutions. Um, my business partner is an incredibly brilliant man, and um, he he helped um, rebrand the company, not only rebrand it, but rebuild it. So we started from pretty much scratch, um, rebuilding the whole thing. Um, we still had the initial concept of photo photography from foundation to finish, but it was uh, more going after builders all over the United States. Um, we still had some clientele uh, that was left over from the purchase, um, but we started pretty much from clean slate and started building back up again. And um, we started getting builders right away, which was great. And so um, uh, we're, we started slow with smaller builders, um, you know, maybe ones that are one or two cities, uh, and started a small snowball effect. We started right. growing from there. Uh, and now we're into national builders that uh, build all of the United States, so it's pretty exciting. Are these mostly custom homes or uh, track homes? No, they're track homes, single-family homes. Um, you know, builders build between you know our customers build between uh, you know 100 to 18,000 homes a year, depending on the builder. Gotcha. So, and then with that, it's you're taking all the pictures. Are you doing? I thought I saw on the website. Is there site mapping that you guys are doing as well with that? That's correct. We offer a lot of different um, uh, programs and packages to our builders. So our, our key aspect is all about the pictures from foundation to finish, but we also have the builder portals. And so what they do is um, we have all their plot maps where um, uh, the URLs apply to the plot map. So that way customers can go to a builder's plot map and click on any lot. And let's say it's lot number 39. They could see if they click on lot 39, they can see all the pictures from foundation to finish of lot number 39. Now, a lot of builders, we give them a lot of different options on that, whether it could be public viewing or private viewing. 
if the home is an inventory home, let's say it's up for sale, um, you know, because builders do that, they'll build inventory homes and subdivisions. And um, so they'll make those viewable to the public. And um, big draw, draw of traffic to that is realtors love to go to those and see all the different homes available in the neighborhood. Um, and they'll be able to view the, the builder's map to see that, where they can click on that and actually see actual photos of the homes. How much variation do you guys see in the track homes? It, and kind of just where I'm going with that is, if you're taking a if you're taking pictures of number 39 out of a community, is number 40 and 41 going to look very similar, or what kind of uniqueness does photographing each of the lots bring to um, kind of the photography, I guess, the side of it? Good question, because really we always say we represent the builders. So when uh, in doing so, you have to take pictures a different way. There's a lot of OSHA guidelines to follow by. There's we have to make sure that all of our pictures represent the builders in the best light possible. And so when you get, visit a construction site, construction's a messy job, you know, but the yes. home has to be built. <laughs> and so what happens when our photographers go there, let's say like you ask the question, is every lot shot differently? What we do is when we visit a home, we make sure we get the best pictures possible of that home that week. So no matter if it's in drywall stage, I mean, you're in construction, you know drywall's yep. a messy stage. Yep. There could be drywall boards all over the floor. You know, it could be half done in some of the rooms. And so still our photographers are trained to get the best shots possible that day. Um, and so that may, we might elevate the cameras off the floor where all the boards are to make sure we get ceiling and top wall. Or maybe some of the back bedrooms are done first. We'll shoot those first. Um, but typically every home, we want to capture the, every single stage the best way possible. Gotcha. So how did you start to build the relationship with all the builders? Was it going through basically online, finding a listing of who's building communities, stuff like that? Or did you have connections before? What, what did that look like? Just because it seems that in so much of building, everything is a word of mouth type of referral mm -hmm. thing where it's, oh, I need a contractor. And then you find out from one of your friends who's, oh, this is the guy I used, but it, not a lot of people have oh, I've got a Rolodex of 100 contractors on file that are building communities. So how did you guys get the client build up the builder clientele that you have? Um, that's a great question. To be honest with you, you know, you're in a different realm of the construction industry than we are. So with you, you know, it's all about competing with other contractors for the same jobs. But you can actually go online. You could type up, you know, you can do a Google search, top 200 builders in the United States. Oh, really? And they'll list them all from top to finish. Who builds the most homes? How many homes they build per year on average? And, every, you know, it'll break it down per state, per city. Uh, and so that's, we actually, you know, we, we dig into right now the top 100 builders throughout the United States is our clientele. Those are the ones that we um, uh, try to set up sales meetings with. Um, and, and our sales cycle is a slow one. We have to start very slow, work our way in. It's all about proving the product line because it is a new product to all the builders. Right. So with that, it's proving yourself and then kind of ensuring the quality long-term. What do you guys do to make sure that that is taken care of? Just because I'm, like you said, you've got a customer whose building was at 18,000 homes a year. That's correct. Yeah, so how do you manage making sure that home number one is going to be the same quality as home number 1800 and that the builder is going to be consistently happy with the product that you guys are offering. Yeah, actually, first of all, it starts with uh, great quality photographers. Um, you know, in our training, we do a training session with every photographer that we hire. Um, but then from once we hire the photographer, they're on the ground running the routes. 
they know all that how they have to shoot the routes how they have to photograph the routes um, you know builder first um, but then once they take the pictures all sorts of things could happen on a construction site so what happens when the photographer takes his set of his or her sets of shots um, they'll upload them into our system and uh, again this this goes back to IT IT development and um, uh, my business partner and his team have de designed a program that is absolutely incredible. It's all about software development. And um, he's built a program where uh, we use a lot of AI, which is artificial intelligence. And so every one of the photographs goes through artificial intelligence first. And uh, those pictures are all uh, deeply scanned. And what that means, they're looking for all the OSHA guidelines, all the OSHA violations, anything in there that could be a violation is automatically deleted. Second, it's looking for uh, general things such as ladders. It's looking for people. Uh, it's looking for broken glass. It's looking for busted beams. So it just filters through everything. And just, so if it's programmed, if you see the top of a ladder, if you see someone's back in the distance, it'll just remove it from that That's batch correct. of pictures. That's correct. But it will also show us the picture. Um, we have a back office uh, you know, uh, server. It'll show us yep. the picture because we want to use those for training. Yep. Because ultimately we want to make sure the photographers capture those first, capture the pictures the best. And so it's all about going back and residual training. Um, but then once those all every single photograph goes through AI, um, and that removes whatever number of images the photographer might have taken, um, then what happens is every single picture is viewed as it's being scanned. It has to be human eyes, human eyes seeing every photograph, uh, just to make sure that nothing gets through. You know whether there be um, scraps in a shower, whether there be uh, bad water, maybe it looks terrible in their tub. Um, you know, these are all things we want the end buyer to realize when they look at their tub. We never want them to have a bad feeling like, oh, this was filled with, you know, nasty water. Right. And the kind of funny part is that with that, when you're building a house or any construction project, it's a lot of people liken it to it's we're making hot dogs here. No one wants to know or see how the hot dog's made. But in the end, like if you've got a good tasting hot dog, that's what you're going to be happy with. So it's even some of I've been blessed to kind of be in some of these homes with a company I'm at recently that are in the seven figure range that it's even some of those, there's certain things where it's everything in the end is beautiful. It's extremely functional. It's going to be up to the standard that they want. But sometimes when someone from the outside would see it, they're scratching their head saying, why are you doing it that way? And there's going to be, there'll be three or four reasons why they're going to, they're doing it the correct way. Or even sometimes it's like, Hey, we've got one reason why. And basically it's because we have no other choice because we have no access to this or there was some mistake, but we're going to make it perfect and you're never going to know it happened. But if someone comes in and if you're on a ladder in a weird way, um, allegedly someone may have put a ladder up against a piece of glass to go up about 12 feet and sure. work on a window, but that's for... Like, yeah, and you're right. And probably, you know, accidents happen as part of life right yep so like you said someone puts the ladder up on the glass not really thinking because they're just going to do a quick fix on a ceiling or something yep well as soon as they put their weight on that glass the glass breaks and all of a sudden the photographer walks by alleged you know, allegedly <laughs> the glass did not break in this situation <laughs> it was extremely strong and the builder who was working on that was able to get their job done well uh, it sounds like we're speaking about someone in particular that's sitting in this room <laughs> allegedly <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, so with the photographers that you're using, what are you, are you networking that through people who are 
well, I'll just even open it up as far as what are you looking for when you're looking for photographers? Are you looking for past experience? Are you looking for, or, and even where are you pulling from? Because it does seem like so many people these days are self-proclaimed photographers mm-hmm. with Instagram and so much Facebook, social media stuff going on that it's, in some ways, I'd say it's one of those things where it's hard to kind of tell who's doing what. And then there's some people who are specialized as far as they'll say, oh, I only do weddings or I only do senior pictures, portraits, whatever it is. And then to kind of come in and say, hey, we want you to shoot pictures, but this is going to be a little different than interacting with people in the way. So how do you find those people? Where are you pulling them from? uh, And how does that work? Good, good question. Uh, To be honest with you, what we're mainly looking for is um, energetic people. So, you know, to be honest, we started searching for uh, we did a search for firefighters. Firefighters, you know, typically they have an interesting schedule where they they have three days on, four days off, and so uh, firefighters are a great uh, uh, direction we went um, because they could work on the side. Uh, second is we were looking for energetic people that don't mind walking around a construction site because a lot of ours is you pull up to a subdivision and you'll have 30 to 40 homes in that subdivision to photograph. So, yep. you know, a lot of people don't think about this, but when you walk into a subdivision, you might have 20 of those homes that are two-story homes. Yep. So you're walking home up and down these stairs, 20 sets of, you know, that's one neighborhood. Yep. 20 sets of flights of stairs, you're up and down. And not to even mention, depending on what part of the country you're in, it's in Arizona, it's going to be hotter and I'll get out in the summer. Right. And then if you're in Montana, it's going to be snowy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all different weather patterns. Now we got all over the United States and, you know, back in the East Coast, it's not uh, unpopular to have a three and four story building. You know, you're going up and down. Uh, we do condos as well. So you're going up and down you know, four or five flights of stairs. And so you have to be energetic. You have to be, uh, you have to have some sort of uh, photography knowledge. We want some people with photography knowledge, um, but we also do an extensive training program when we hire photographers and how we actually need them to shoot these homes. And uh, so our training process at the beginning is two to three weeks and uh, they do a great job. By the time that they're on their own, uh, they know exactly what we're looking for. And again, we have a review process where every picture is reviewed, but, um, uh, mainly at the beginning, we're looking for um, just energetic people willing to get out there that have uh, computer knowledge because it's important you have computer knowledge. It's important you have photography knowledge. Gotcha. Can I be pulling the microphone just a little closer? Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. I'll click the wrong thing. Wanted to kind of talk to you as far as the ups and downs. You said that you guys sold it and then you've bought it back. So obviously, there and within the whole 2007 story, 2008, as far as with the housing market. So how have you guys ridden the wave and kind of, how do you, how do you adjust mentally and then financially all that stuff as far as, because it's not similar to someone who's got a salary where it's like, Hey, you're going to be making $60,000 a year. Here's your benefits. It's going to be all right, go kill. And then you can eat. And then if next year you're killing a lot of business, great. You're going to be set but the year after that might be a little leaner how do you how do you adjust with that as far as kind of in your own life kind of practically and then also i'd say mentally and emotionally uh to take care of making sure that that doesn't bog you down sure hey and you know life happens right life happens and it happens in business as well and so um i don't know why but i've always been uh, a person that uh uh, as a Christian man, I rely heavily on the Lord. And the fact is that God has always given me a way to provide for my family. And so, uh, I lean on that heavily. And the fact, you know, not that I'm take a whole bunch of risks, uh, but I am as a businessman, you always have to ride the storm. And so 
I know there's going to be storms in business where, you know, there's going to be good years and lean years. And to be honest with you, again, right now I have a, I have a, a wonderful business partner. And, and so in, in our strategies, we're, we're trying to diversify. And what I mean by that is not only do we uh, go after top 100 builders, but we also go after a lot of smaller builders. And so that way, if a housing market crash happens again, that um, we were able to ride that out. And, um, you know, the great thing in, in regards to the, the housing crash that happened in 2006 and 2007, um, even during that time, the builders kept our product. And that just go, that's a testimony in regards to how hard we worked. But not only that, but uh, the great product we provide. Yeah. And, and so um, we're... Because they cut everything they yeah. could during that time. Right. And, you know, and builders are all, they budget all the way down to the dollar. Yep. So it's not about, you know, excess expenses that they have. Yep. Um, it's, it's just about, they, they were trying to do, be lean and mean, get, get through the, get through the tide. And so, um, we want to ride those tides. So we've got great builder partners and they stuck with us and we want to reward them as well for doing that. So, you know, we lowered our prices to as low as they can possibly get where, you know, uh, you know, most of the senior management staff, uh, you know, is going without salaries to be able to continue to provide the product to our, uh, to our end builder, uh, knowing that we were going to ride this out. And once we wrote it out, you know, we were doing all uh, side jobs on the side, um, to be able to continue to provide for our families, knowing that when the, the market turned, which it did, um, that we were able to start back up and go again. I think that's super interesting because you see a whole lot of people is when they get kicked in the teeth, they're going to, they're going to pivot, right? It's going to be all right, we got to find what's next instead right. of it being, no, this is, this is the chapter in the story. This is the downturn before it's because if someone were to come in, we'll say 2013, even when like, that's when it seems like the market was starting to turn, right. I'd say around, especially it's like if someone were to come in at the ground floor of where and replace exactly what you guys were doing, they'd have to start from zero where you were, which you said you started in 93, right? Mm -hmm. So they're behind by almost 20 years. Right. Compared to where you guys, it's like you had to strap, like strap everything down to make sure you're running nice and lean. But at the same time, when you come out on the other side, it's you're not gonna make as many mistakes as the guy who's been running for two months compared to you guys when you've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah, that's a great point. And to be honest with you, that's again, another a big key aspect of my builder partner or not my bill, but my business partner is, um, he's all about innovation because we have to stay on top of uh, this industry. We have yep. to know what's going on ahead of it before it happens because builders need to know what's out there yep. and they need to know the top greatest products and how they can actually incorporate those into their you know sales and marketing. Yep. And we want to be the first to present it to them. Not only we want to be the first, but we want to create these things. And so if there's an innovative product or innovative design that we could add, um, he is all about that. And so it not only helps us in regards to patenting our ideas and patenting our program and make it bigger and stronger, but we don't increase our price for any of those. Once we come up with an idea for our builder, we present it to our builder partner. It's just part of their platform and they just get it. And so that way, you know, whether it's drone photography, whether it's matlot mapping or whether it's, um, you know, this HDR photography, 3D matter ports, whatever it is, we learn it, we provide it. How does that affect the bottom line? Does that go into its own separate package or um, because you guys are, you mentioned that you guys are trying to keep the price as consistent as possible for mm -hmm. your builders, but I'm assuming at the same time, like there's, there's an overhead cost to being able to have someone come out and drone a house or do a lot of the 3D walkthroughs, which I do want to talk to you a little bit more about next, but. Sure. 
Yeah, what we're all about is providing our builder partners with absolutely everything they need uh, to help sell and, mar sell and market their, their neighborhoods and their homes. And so if it's innovative, we want to provide it to them. We don't increase their prices. Um, once we sign a contract with our builders, they get absolutely everything that we provide. Gotcha. So as I guess my question would be more, as you guys start to add new things, if there's even a new technology that comes out in the next several months as far as, hey, it's here's an interesting way to do photography, you guys find a way as far as to incorporate that into do, uh, what you do with the houses or even if it's uh, on the software side, does that become a new package that you guys offer to them or how does that get incorporated? No, what we're trying to do right now, again, this is just about our business practice right now, is we're just trying to capture the market. Gotcha. And so by capturing the market, we need to, we always feel we need to be about as innovative as possible. So yep. we need to offer these builders absolutely everything they need um, through one package, and that's going to be through the Builder Digital Solutions package, the 149 Photos. And so we want them to always turn to that for absolutely everything they need in regards to photography or general uh, photography for their communities and their homes. Is there anyone that is, you don't have to list any names because we don't want to let anyone know, but as far as anyone in the same industry that you guys are, or are you guys basically the point of the spear as far as what you're doing? Well, we always want to be the point of the spear, to be honest with you, and we strive hard to be the point of the spear. Um, I, I know there are some smaller companies, but um, uh, again, we've been doing this since 1993, right. trying to drive and grow this. And um, I do feel like right now we're in the uh, we're in the thick to be hopefully number one in this business, and uh, that's our goal. There you go. I wanted to kind of talk to you as far as you guys talk. Uh, you mentioned the 3D rendering and the what's been kind of interesting to me as far as I'm trying to get into real estate. So kind of just looking at a whole bunch of the houses, a lot more of them are starting to do the uh, 3D virtual tours or right. whatever it is and stuff like that. So I thought that was very interesting as far as, and I love how you guys are trying to be very innovative because to me, it's just from my point of view, everything seems to be more and more going towards this almost online shopping for houses. Mm -hmm. So it's, is that something that you guys are, well, let me kind of work it backwards as far as, is that, do you guys work primarily just with the builders as far as with getting it sold? Or is there also a real estate side that you guys take into consideration with it? Or are you trying to stay focused within the building sphere, but offer as much to them as possible? Um, we actually, you know, in that, in that question, especially about the 3D tours and uh, the HDR photography. Um, so what we do is, you know, builders have to sell every home that they build. Yep. So what they'll do is, you know, depending on the market, they'll create, they'll build uh, inventory homes or spec homes. Yep. These are homes that are not sold yet, but are being built. And so with that, um, when these homes complete, um, finish construction, we shoot them with a different type of photography called HDR and um, that's a high definition photography and so we will do hdr photography but we'll also do the 3d matterport walkthroughs and um and so they can use these to advertise on uh, websites like mls zillow trulia and things like that because we want to help them sell the home yep we're a behind the scenes um uh, contractor for yep. them so nobody even knows that we're on the ground it's all about providing the best product possible for these builders yeah um, so they could use our pictures uh, our ma our walkthroughs, our Matterports, uh, our drone photography, whatever they need for us to do to help them sell the homes, that's what we're going to do. Nice. I kind of want to pivot a little bit into uh, kind of the talking about the public perception of people who 
own their own business and kind of what you see as being like the co-founder of this business and then running it on a daily basis. So it seems that there's a lot of people who are calling for this huge, I'd say, we'll even just say taxation or even just this quote-unquote fairness from people who own businesses because they've scammed people out of whatever or they've gotten this lucky shot. And it seems to be that it's, in my perspective, it seems unfounded, but it also seems in interesting that more and more people seem to be jumping on this page as far as instead of kind of looking at it from the amount of work that has to go into it, the amount of risk that goes into it. So I was curious from your perspective as far as you're meeting with a lot of the clients to uh, be able to bring on customers for you guys yourself and then being one, it's how do you see yourself as running a business, owning a business, and then compared to what this more and more popular I'd say, I don't want to say outcry, but in some ways this uh, perception is in society. Yeah. You know, the only thing I think of through my head is that uh, I think they only say like uh, 14% of all small businesses that start um, uh, do well. Uh, And so I'm not sure exactly how spot spot on I'm with that number, but that just tells you you know, was it 86% of businesses fail? Right. Even if you want to be generous, that's three out of four mm-hmm. businesses are going to fail. Right. And so, you know, the other part of that is all about uh, taking a risk. You know, I have seen those same people that you're talking about where people feel like they can get into anything, it's going to be successful. But um, I truly believe that business is all about when you first start a business, um, you have to um, be innovative. You have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to adapt, and you have to be willing to just put absolutely everything you have into that business. And um, you know, I know you're going to get to some other questions later, but there's a lot of sacrifices to do that. Um, and so, uh, with me, what I've been able to do is, um, uh, I'm willing to adapt. I'm willing to change. Not only am I willing to change, but I always want the best and greatest product out there that I can possibly create. And so I don't really follow a lot of other businesses. I don't really track them. I mainly, if someone's starting a small business, I want it to succeed. I'm all about small business. I'm all about seeing, you know, people start a business in their garage and working really hard and creating new products and uh, getting so big where they have to move into offices and hiring staff. And I think that's the, the backbone of our country, right, is the opportunity. Absolutely. And so I'm all about that. I love to see success. Yeah. Um, and I love to see people have ideas where it turns from, you know, sitting around the dinner room table where you, you and your spouse or you and your children talked about idea, yep. or you and your buddy, and then all of a sudden it snowballs into a business where you're hiring people and from hiring people to create new products. That's exciting for me. And I think the other part that people forget too is the amount of, I think it's two things. One, the amount of hours they put in, well, I'll say hours and risk that goes into it, and then as well the management that goes into it as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was, uh, I was on a job in the Moon Valley area and there is for, um, they're a wealthy client and it was just seeing like, I'd be able to see them at the end of the day. And uh, it was kind of this weird thought going through my head as far as like, all right, it seems that we work similar hours, but it's, it's so to me it was kind of like this weird, like why does he make so much more money than I do? Mm. And then it's kind of coming to the realization then talking to other people about it and then be able to kind of slap me upside the head and say, hey, look, it's their work influences so many more people and their incomes. And that is why 
they're going to be rewarded for it. Mm. There's a book, um, I didn't read the whole thing or listen to it, but it was, uh, I got halfway through Simon Sinek and it was uh, Why Leaders Eat Last. Mm. And he was talking about it's when we've got these alphas in society, they're going to get their choice of meat and their choice of mate. And in some ways it's true as far as that it's when you have someone who is spearheading, if it's a business, a movement, um, whatever it is, it's there's going to be certain things that are, that should be going to them. Mm. What, and that is mon- on the monetary side and if, a couple of a couple other things as well as far as it's if we're going to be talking about cars or the houses that they're in whatever but it's and so I think a lot of people get fixated on this idea that oh it's there's people like in the 2007 crash when it's like there were bankers who yes they were making a lot of money but they were supposed to be looking out for our best interest and everyone got all pissed off because it was they did it mm-hmm. and it seems that there's been this continual that stuck with people and it's not just that one instance obviously it's played out across multiple businesses across all of time but at the same time it's i think especially here in america it's we forget like you said it's the small businesses when you start at the dining room table when you're mm-hmm. working 12 to 16 hours a day and you start to feel like what am i doing it's at some point, that get that gets rewarded inappropriately. So, mm. yeah, I agree with you because you know, small business is all about taking the risk for the reward. Yep. And so, um, you know, our whole whole you know, when I'm working, I know that I'm trying to provide for my family. Yep. But the excitement for me too is also you're taking this business idea and growing it into a business. Yep. And so, just because you start something in your garage doesn't mean it's going to go. Um, you know, the not only does the uh, the consumer need to purchase it. Uh, the idea needs to continue to grow. You can't just start off with an idea and think this same this same product's going to continue for the next thirty years, like it, the fidget spinner. Yeah, it was all, here that's and right. it was gone. That's right. That's right. And they probably made a killing for the yep. first couple months. That's yep. for sure. But I do remember those things. But um, uh, my whole thing is all about taking this business and uh, making it grow um, to the biggest it can possibly grow. And again, I'm not. I'm not all about the, you know, how big financially it can get. Yep. Uh, I would love to be, I would love to have and provide our product to the top 100 builders at the United States and it become an industry wide product. Yep. That's awesome. So one of the questions that you were alluding to is I did want to talk to you kind of as far as with relationships uh, while kind of being a business and then also with whether that's marriage or with friends, just because with the amount of time that does go into it, with the amount of stress that goes into it, it's there is also a part that people don't understand exactly what you're going through. Mm. It's because there is a risk. It's not just for, I need to provide for my family, but as soon as you start expanding it, it's now I need to be able to provide for other people's families in some ways indirectly, but at the same time, it's, it's going to be the money that is coming through you to them to help them. So it's that puts a that kind of stress that kind of dedication starts to put a, I don't want to always say strain because some, some, a lot of people manage it in different ways and you can see it for some people it pops up in strain and other people, they understand how, as far as the, the dynamic and their friendship or their families works to mm-hmm. kind of, uh, compliment or not, I wouldn't say compliment that, but, uh, it makes it work. Mm-hmm. So how, have, how have you seen that for yourself? And then how have you seen that for other people? Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to go back to uh, my faith. And so, you know, first of all, uh, uh, not a lot, most of my friends know this, but um, 
uh, I have, I not only, I've been married um, over 30 years, and then I've also, ha- I have a large family, I have six kids, and so I want to let you know, first of all, first and foremost, uh, uh, I'm a family man, and so, but part of that is that my wife plays a huge, huge part in everything I've ever done, and so, um, you know, not only am I taking a risk whenever I do something, yep. but every time I take that risk, she's taking that risk right along with me. And so like you talked about relationships, right? Yep. Um, first of all, my wife has been the most patient person with me throughout this whole process, throughout my whole life, right? Yep. Not only does she um, allow me to take these risks because some of them are financial where we, you know, we're not yep. being paid. You know, sometimes it's eight to 12 months, you know, we weren't being paid. Well, those are huge, you know, that's um, a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> Especially and, when you have a mortgage and yeah, kids. Six kids and a mortgage and you're just fighting to make it month to month. Um, but, um, you know, with her, she's always she has supported me 100%. Every single business I've ever gotten into, she's supported me 100%. And she's always, not only she's, she's supportive, but she's encouraging. She's never, she's never given me a hard time during the low times. Because during a low time in business, it's really hard for the business owner you know, we're fighting to get back in there, getting right. back up on top, or just making it provision. You know, providing. Um, well, even self-esteem wise, just yeah. because you're start the thoughts start going through your head as far as, am I good enough? Like, what kind of a man am I? Am what kind of a woman am I? Like, if right. we're talking to a lady in this situation, it's right. Am I doing the right thing? Absolutely. Yeah, and so you know, she's always been one hundred percent supportive. But then uh, another great thing is with ha- with having a large family, I've had is every one of my kids got to see the ups and downs, yep. you know, and I have, um, four boys and two daughters and, um, and they've all got to see me in, in my highest highs and my lowest lows in business and in life. Yep. And so, but it, you know, because we're talking about business right now, they've got to see how hard business is sometimes. Yep. And that business is not all about like you're raking it in yep. because that's not business. No. Nope. Um, it might be for certain people that have just, you know, gone right to the top. I don't know. Well, which at the same time, it's like when we look at the people who go right to the top, that is such a small percentage. It's almost unrealistic. Yep. You can ignore that percentage, first of all. And then for those people, it's they don't realize that it's whether if we're looking at, oh, they live in a large house with the nicest car and guess what? They've got 10 of each of those things. It's like they don't understand that how much work or how much influence they have that goes into everything that they touch on a daily basis sure so it's like even if we were to just take elon musk for example it's like that dude they say he there's times where he sleeps four hours a day mm-hmm. it's like if someone sleeps four hours a day like do it for a month that feels like hell yeah and it's like yes those we, are the outliers right yeah those are the guys the one percenters or you know guys and gals that do it and they can you know by the gifts god's given them they take them and they're able to create those things absolutely and, um, but those are outliers those are not the other 99 percent of us that are battle each day to create yep which and i think in some ways it's yes they got the accelerated path i mm-hmm. completely agree with you as far as like even if we wanted to accelerate path might it's probably the wrong term but even just to say that it's i think the correlation still stays the same the how the speed of at which it happens there is still the amount of work that is going into it it's mm-hmm. there's very few people who it's which even if it, have you seen the ads on YouTube where it's uh, some guy will pop up and say, Hey, I'm going to tell you my 12 tips to mm. make you a millionaire in 12 months and all that crap. And it's like, yeah. they're showing off their, 
five, six-year-old Lamborghini that they rented, and they've got they're standing in front of whoever's thing, and it's like, it's they they're trying to sell you this program how to make money in your pajamas, and it's like, no one in their pajamas is making money, and, <laughs> and if they are, it's because it's all founded on the work that they did mm. before that that was it was either so pivotal that they were able to make so much money off of it but at the same time you like that is hardly ever divorced from hard work mm. and i think people forget that and so it's that when they look at people and say oh must be nice it's like yeah must be nice to when you've got four boys two daughters to have to be like, okay, I'm not going to be able to make it to this game, or I'm not going to be able to spend this Sunday night with them, or I'm not going to be able to have whatever event it is. It's like, that must be nice too. Mm-hmm. And everyone just needs, like, to me, my biggest thing is understanding it's do what you say and say what you do. So if someone wants to, everyone wants to be a millionaire. Everyone says they want to be a millionaire, but no, everyone, not everyone acts like they want to be a millionaire. Mm. And so to me, it's my thing as far as just when someone steps into the arena of business, it's they have to understand that there's going to be sacrifices and it's it's going to hurt. And yes, people will see the shiny, but they ignore the hurt. Sure, because again, you go back to eighty-six percent of those. You don't, you know, there's not ever. You don't go. You know, I, I travel a lot, right? Yep. I'm in the airport a lot. Yep. So if you go to the airport, you go into the bookstore where you have like five thousand self-help books of all the different yep. steps you can take to become a millionaire, so all the different steps to make your business successful. Right. But nobody is interviewing those 86% of businesses that crashed. Yep. And like what happened? How yep. did it happen? Be, because it's all about success, right? People want to, you know, success breeds success. They want to continue yep. building that up. But you're right. There's a lot of businesses that fail. Um, and so my drive is more personal. My drive is all about pushing and pushing and pushing the envelope and not only that. But I'm very personal, so I like to I like to sp- I like to speak to people when I'm on airplane. I like to speak to people. I like to find out what people are doing. I like to see success in all aspects of business everywhere. Yep. And so I feed off that. Just because it might not be in my industry does not mean I can't learn something from that. Yep. One of the things that I really liked that you were talking about earlier is just how you get excited for people who are in small business and mm-hmm. that you hope they succeed. And for me, it's been an interesting thing as far as like I'm a young guy, so it's whenever I see someone who's my age, it seems to be this, like, in some ways, uh, it's, you're competing in your mind or just as far as if I see someone my same age, it's like you start to see the similarities between you and this other person. It's like, okay, like, who's gonna, who's top dog here, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, my mentality was always like, I, I want to be better. And if I ever saw someone who was better than me, it's like, it seemed to be almost like this ill will was, towards them as far as like oh I, how like how am I going to get my catch up like how are they going to stumble and it's like it's been interesting um, there's a guy named Andy Frisella who was talking about if you don't vote for someone else to win if you don't want something for other people you're never going to receive it for yourself mm. as far as it's if you don't want someone to succeed in their business if you don't want someone else to be wealthy it's you're down you're degrading those things in your own mind so basically it's going to be kind of like a law similar to the law of attraction as far as it's do you have a negative connotation towards those things and i love how it's you want so much success for people in small business that it's like at the same it's we're not in a scarcity environment mm. we're in an abundance environment and it's so many people can win right 
I think, yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because, again, it all goes back to me is that um, especially uh, I love families. I love to see, you know, husbands and wives create something where they're going to be able to support their family. And, yep. you know, and so I'm all about, you know, even young college students get an idea. And, you know, you start now because of the age I am, you know, I'm 52 years old. I get, I get a chance to go back and I could read stories of people starting something way back in high school, way back in college, and um, you know it all starts as a dream, and then you know you see it now where it's actually multi-million-dollar companies that are yep. huge. And so, um, you know, I do read those books because uh, I want to be encouraged. It's not always it's not always you know flowers every single day. You walk in the office, things happen where you're yep. like, you know, crap hits the fan, and you're like, man, I just need something to boost me up to get me going again. Uh, but to hear of a success story, not only just huge dollar-wise, but to see someone be able to provide um, for their families is yep. huge for me. So no matter what age they are. Yeah. With what you're doing as far as you're running this business, it's are there times where it seems lonely in a way, or have you found a way? In some, like It's different with the risk element, kind of like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. So it's have you kind of found a way to surround yourself with a community of people who are in the small business space who are along the same path that you can kind of uh, just be shoulder to shoulder with as far as maybe you're not heading around down the exact same path, but you guys understand the fight that you both are in. You know, for some reason, I'm not sure why this has happened, uh, but I, I, I grew up in the same town I'm still living in now. Yeah. So I'm surrounded by people, um, again, by God's grace, that I've known pretty much my whole adult life. And these are people that encourage me on a weekly basis. And uh, we've got a great set of friends that continue to encourage me not only in business, but personal life. And I've got a great church family um, that continuously, uh, continuously encourages me, but also, you know, corrects me and, uh, you know, strengthens me. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. And so uh, when you talk about in the industry, I do know a lot of people in the industry now, um, but uh you know, my key thing is when I go on a business trip, I don't like to just go sit in a hotel room. I like to, if I'm going somewhere, I want to meet somebody. Not only do I meet somebody, I want to hear about what's happening in that town that's going so well. And so um, I try to strike up conversations wherever I'm at because I, I'm always trying to learn. Um, another key aspect to uh, my business is I have a wonderful business partner. And he's not, he's not only innovative, but he's brilliant in regards to just um, looking at the industry. Um, he's also uh, incredibly um, uh, intelligent. And so he's always coming up with new ideas. And so he keeps me driven. He keeps me going uh, on a regular basis. We talk uh, er- almost every single day in regards to not only our business, but what's going on in the industry. And so, and he's driven. He is driven. Uh, oh man, he drives. He, he's, he's, <laughs> he's 100% going at all times. That's awesome. And that keeps me going. Yeah. So that might be a long answer to your, so it's not only my, my community of friends that I have, it's the church body that I'm a part of, and then also my business partner is key in regards to driving our product. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because a lot of people, which are, when they're in business, it's if they're running it, they're a little bit of con, a control freaks sometimes, or even if they're not control freaks, there's stuff that comes to a head as far as where... Uh, people will kind of clash as far as, Hey, I think we should go to the left. And the other guy says, Hey, I think we should go to the right. And it's, um, how do you guys make that work as far as making sure that you guys are tracking together and that it's not 
going to start splitting on you guys to make sure that you're trying to accomplish the same goal? You know, that's a really good question because I have um, in the past have had really bad experience in regards to uh, business partnerships, uh, you know, just one in particular. And so that has helped me in regards to moving forward. Um, uh, the gentleman that I am in business with now, um, uh, you know, we listen to each other. Not only we listen to each other, but we're on the same trajectory in regards to where we want this company to go. And plus, because we speak so much together, um, I'm not saying we agree on everything 100% because right, nobody yeah. does, right? Yep. Um, but to be honest with you, um, he's a highly educated man and not only that, but he's um, incredibly kind. And so I think, to be honest with you, we get along well because we don't really argue. If there's a disagreement about something, we normally will come to um, some sort of consensus on that idea about how to move forward. And in our company, you know, intellectually, he he has created, you know, through his team, he's got a great team that helps him create software development and stuff like that for our company. And I'm probably one more involved with the customers in regards to the customer aspects. So we sort of lean on each other in those aspects. So kind of taking in some ways uh, leads in each of the roles. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there's no way we we joke often about hey me me giving him IT support. <laughs> you know when uh, you know when something crashes, I'm I'm calling. And, you know because uh, there's not much I you know anytime he you know we have to reset passwords on a regular basis for our program. Yeah. Uh, he they continue to set my password to like I forget my password all the time. You know. That kind of stuff. <laughs> so we joke a lot as well. Oh, that's awesome. Keeps yeah. the camaraderie in there. It does. It does. And plus, because I know his family. Yeah. I know him well, uh, and he is family. Yep. And so that helps as well. Awesome. So I'd kind of, looking back as far as it's been, uh, how long has it been since 93? 27 years? Is that what? Yeah. Yep. yep. So with 27 years of experience, kind of looking back as far as all that, if you got someone as far as like, I'll even just take me for example. It's like, I'm getting ready to start this journey kind of into looking at the business side for myself. Mm -hmm. um, what's if Are there overarching themes that you see that you in some ways had to learn through experience that whenever you see someone getting into small business that you say, Hey, let me just, let me just tell you about this. I saw this and it hurt. So just watch out for it. Or mm -hmm. if it was something that like, hey, I stumbled into this and it ended up being a huge blessing, look for this kind of opportunity, stuff like that. Or even if it's just the small things as far as what stuff that over the last 27 years has stood out in your mind as far as been keys to uh, being able to progress forward. Um, man, you're hitting me some good ones because that's a good question. Because to be honest with you, for example, you as my nephew, um, I actually... I don't really do a lot of correction. I don't, do you think I do? Because I think in regards to me, like speaking to you about your business and your drive is I'm watching you. I'm not really trying to correct you or encourage you. You know, I guess I, I'm always trying to encourage you because you're a family. But um, really, I'm watching you because I believe everybody's got to come up there. Everybody's going to stumble and everybody's going to come up with their own concepts. And so to be honest with you, I'm not really saying, hey, maybe you should try this or watch out for this. Um, unless someone came to me with a particular problem that they're running into, yep. I'm more going to watch you because I just want to see you grow. And not only that, but I want to see you thrive. I want to see you do really well. And I believe that, you know, if you're, if, if you're, if you're focused, if you're driven, you're driving toward your business, you know, you're going to stumble, but you're going to figure it out yourself. Yep. And so, you know, cause everybody's always so much willing just to 
pound you with so much information that you know in business i feel like you're gonna have to come up with it and just get you know because my fix might not be your fix yep but in the end you know if this is what i'm supposed to be doing this is the business i'm supposed to be having and this is where god wants me to be i'm gonna figure it out yep and so do i do a lot of correction and nobody no but as you can tell i'm sort of a talker and so i'd love to sit down and talk business <laughs> with anybody <laughs> i think one of the big things for me is kind of what you got at though was um and the reason why i kind of started doing this podcast and kind of pulled the trigger on some of this real estate stuff was it was uh there's someone who i was listening to they said just start moving mm-hmm. it's you're you're going to stumble Mm-hmm. And just like you said, it's like, hey, my fix might not be your fix. Mm-hmm. Like 27 years ago, the issue that I dealt with, like now it might be a little different as far as communication because a lot of things have opened up. But at the same time, it's like you probably stumbled out. You stumbled out of the gates most likely, mm-hmm. just like every other person did. And so it's going to be how many of those 86% that we talked about, it's did they stumble out of the gates and say, oh, never mind. Sure. You're how many of those 80, 86% like... You know, let's say the husband starts this uh, business in his garage and all of a sudden first hiccup comes where he's like, oh, I lost that customer. And, you know, he goes into his wife and say, honey, um, I don't have the house. You know, we're not going to, I'm not getting paid. You know, we're not going to get that um, for about two months. Yep. You know, how many times is that going to, is that, has that ever killed a business? Yep. Or, you know, you know, where they're like, oh my gosh, so what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to go start landscaping or I'm going to, you know, go work at a movie theater. I'm going to start delivering pizzas uh, because we are still going to provide. We're still going to make it, but we're going to be band-aiding this thing together until we can get this business going. Yeah. You know, it's those kind of things. But when I look at you, to me, every time I look at you, even I look at you in your eyes, it seems to me like you've got things rolling up in your head like 24-7, like this is what I'm going (laughs) to do, this is what I'm going to do. You know, that's why I love sitting down with you because you're driven. Not only just in life, you know, with your whole, you know, plan, uh, with your whole ideas, but in business, you're driven. So I see only success, but I see success in a lot of people. Yeah. All right. So what's the goal five years from now? You get, you're looking out as far as with everything that you're doing. Is it going to be just make sure you've got the top 100? It's anything larger than that. What's the what's the big poster that's on the wall that you for builder digital solutions absolutely yep is i would love to be uh industry proven product meaning that everybody in the industry knows who we are okay not only knows the product but wants the product desires the product sees the benefits of the product and um that industry-wide the benefits have been proven and um and that you know top 100 builders are all using this product throughout the industry would be absolutely um amazing and i see it i see it happening because uh, our builder customers know the product, they love the product, and they're using the product on a daily basis. Yep. And so that's my hope for five years from now that we're top 100 builders. All, and not only top 100 builders, but I want every small mom and pop using it as well. We want um, the top 1,000. Yeah, top 1,000. 1, whatever it is, you know, everyone, every home photograph from start to finish, and that we be doing that. Yep. You know, not any competitors, but just us. <laughs> <laughs> sort of selfishly, right? Well, but you know, we'll just say that everyone else who's in a similar uh, space right now, if you guys just want to hang it up, um, <laughs> we're talking to the champ right now. So five years from now, we'll we'll come back to this and just play it for everyone and say, "Hey, told you so." <laughs> I hope that um, we're just industry standard proven product, and everybody knows this one four nine photos. That's awesome. 
So just real quick, with Builder Digital Solutions and 149 Photos, uh, what's the difference between the two? The name of the company is Builder Digital Solutions. Okay. The product we offer is called 149 Photos. Okay, gotcha. Awesome. And uh, you know, I just want to go into that a little bit because 149 Photos is based off uh, one home. Typically, it takes four four months to build a home, yep. and we want to see our builder partners receive nine times residual on that on that sale. So, of using our product. So, so, when you say nine times residual, what do you mean by that? So, we want to see them earn nine times their the money they they invested on our product in okay. return. Dang! And you guys hit that consistently. We're pretty close. Yeah, we're pretty close because you know. We don't have any builder knowledge, meaning that we're not inside of our builder, you know, budget meetings right. and stuff like that. But what we say is, because of the product lines we offer, our product is not very expensive. We we're more in regards to uh, we have um, it's all about capturing the entire market. So right. thousands and thousands and thousands of homes every month photograph. Yep. Because um, builders will not. It's very hard to get into their budgets. Very hard, especially yep. the, the bigger the builder, the harder it is to get in there. And so um, it's all about us capturing the market. Which, and I'm working on mostly the custom side, so I'd say there's a little more flex on that side. But even right. then, you'll see, like I said, I'm, I'm blessed right now. I'm, with the window and door company that I'm in, it's, we work with a lot of upscale homes. But it's, there's been times where I've worked with a general contractor before, or even some of the houses that we do do, where people are, they have a budget for what they're doing. And sure. it's... It's one of those things as far as it's it's a big deal to buy a house. It's a big deal as well to renovate a house or build a house. So it's it's something crazy as far as when you're looking at those numbers, it's everything has to matter because they're looking they're gonna compare five different companies that do the same thing. I'm gonna have five drywall bids in front of me, I'm gonna have five window and door bids in front of me. It's gonna be right. just and it's gonna be hey, um, Sometimes for some people it's like drywall is going to be drywall, and for other people it's going to be no drywall is not drywall. Mm -hmm. it, and I've seen both those things, and it's going to be it's making sure that, like you said, it's if you can hit that nine times mm -hmm. return, that's that's insane. And everyone's everyone would have a space for you in their budget sure. at that point. Sure, but it's all about proving that, right? It's not Absolutely. because I walk into the business and sell them, you know, because everybody always looks at ours and goes, 149 photos. Does that mean you're taking 149 pictures of every home? That's typically what people say to us yep. when we are creating the name of the company, you know, the product line. Uh, no, it was one, four, nine photos, and so that is our goal. And so we have to prove that to our builder partners. We have to show that this is what we're going to do to help get to there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Before we close this thing out, I've got five quick questions for you. Okay. Uh, first one: What's been the most impactful thing that you've learned? You are going to fail. And it's how hard you climb out of that hole. Favorite movie? Radio. I haven't seen that one. You've never seen Radio? Uh -huh. What's it about? It's about a handicapped young man that, um, that a coach um, allows to help, you know, encourage the football players um, at this local high school. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a handicapped young boy that did not go to school. Um, he's roaming around the neighborhood, and a coach, uh, coach of the football team sees him and starts to allow that this kid would peek through the fence. This handicapped kid would push around a shopping cart, yep. peek through the fence, and watch the football players and was enamored by the football players. And um, just he was excited. Um, and so the coach brought him in and allowed him then to um, 
be around the football team, but he turned into so much more than that. And so um, where that's close to my heart is that uh, my brother was handicapped. Um, uh, and um, this, this young man, he's now a grown man, right? He's, yep. he's actually, it's a true story. It was based off a true story. And um, he not only became a key figure to that football team, but he is very well known in that school and that district. Oh, and, really? and, and the coach ended up adopting this young man when his mom died. And he's been a big part of their football program and school program ever since then. Dang. Yeah, it's sounds a, like you'd watch off to. Yeah, it's a great movie. You get, everybody's got to watch that one. All right. Your first character strength that comes to mind? Perseverance, determination. Favorite brand of toothpaste? Crest. My, you know, I was, I was reading that one earlier. That was interesting because, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people, that's old school, right? Crest. <laughs> Not crust, crest. <laughs> I think. Baking soda is cool. Which now a lot of the toothpaste companies are trying to put baking soda into apply to an older crowd as well. Anyways, uh, where can people contact you? Uh, person, well, I won't. I won't say personally. I'll say on the business side. And where can they follow what you're doing? Um, they could always email me at steve.cameron at builderdigitalsolutions.com. Our website's one four nine photos. Um, they can reach us and see our product line there as well um, to view all of our product line. Awesome. All right, guys, that's all I have for today. But before we leave, if you enjoyed the episode, I would appreciate if you subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast. Until next time, I hope your hammer stays accurate, your Wi-Fi fast, and your work blessed. See everybody.